Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Agents podcast, the real estate podcast that brings you short business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with some of our industry's leading minds. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Lee Ann Harris, I finally have <laughs> On the line. I am so excited for this. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me to be part of the group. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here on the Next Level Agents podcast and interview show. And uh, part of the reason why I love to do this so much is just being able to share with the rest of the world, specifically the Next Level Agents community, some of the really cool people I've been able to meet in my career with some of the stuff that um, that I've learned from them. And so you and I like definitely somehow are like, we're definitely kindred spirits somehow. Like we, I don't connected. know. Yeah, connected somehow. And yet we live so far apart, but um, your story has really grabbed me quite a bit. And I know that um, because I know a little bit about your story, probably not as much as I'm about to know. And I thought it'd be really cool if we could just kind of share your journey through real estate. Um, you and I talk about the most random things, LeBron James and basketball. We talk yes. About, talk about Bitcoin. He's sucking. <laughs> it's going to take a minute. Just I don't know. Out. That uniform looks really bad on him, Kev. No, it looks good on him. So um, Bitcoin uh, and crypto, we, we talk about yes. camping in the middle of the desert and then also being attended to like the most hoity-toity person ever. Like we go full spectrum on stuff that you and I talk about and we being did. appropriate. So uh, I figured all of that has got to make for a good conversation. So why, I'm don't, <laughs> why don't we start with real estate? And plus okay. it appears that Chris McNamara likes you. And if he likes you, that means there's something wrong with you, which is this makes me like you even more. Um, so I like Chris Mack. <laughs> so tell me about... You're like, let's just start with your journey in real estate. Tell me about that. Like, yeah. how did you've been in real estate for what at least four or five years now, or, or is a little something like that? Um, yeah, I started. I, I think I bought my first house in my twenties, my early twenties, twenty two ish. Um, and at the time, I was getting married. Um, we started a nightclub downtown, and yeah, so this downtown Portland. Uh, we had about two twenties to rub together. Hold on. <laughs> Two of us. What was the name of the nightclub? Moody's. And if uh, Craig Rieger ever watches this, that's where he met his wife. Was at our nightclub. So like, there's uh, I have so uh, much Portland history. <laughs> shut up. Are, you, are you telling me that Craig met his wife at a, your nightclub? Yeah, probably in one of our cages on the dance floor because we had go-go dancers in the cage um, on our in, in our club. But what the interesting thing was though is that there were these guys that were the mentors of my ex-husband and they said, do you want to buy this nightclub or do you want to buy this bar from us? And honestly, like we kind of make the joke that we didn't have two twenties to rub together during that time. And so we had to bring in investors. Um, the investors were really smart. We were just kind of these young kids that were just throwing together things. I was down there sewing curtains to try to make the nightclub look amazing. Um, and we brought in two other investors that were have still remained really good friends with us to this day. Um, and we ended up buying that building. So we owned a house right off of Hawthorne, which is a busy area in Portland. But um, we we ended up buying that building prior to like the whole retrofitting and crap that ended up going on later on in the world where now we have earthquake issues and all that fun stuff. But 
we really started getting into real estate during that time. So um, I remember even back then, we then we started flipping houses. And I remember my husband asking me like, why don't you get your real estate license? I'm like, why? I can just go flip these houses and like, I'll go paint and we can just we can still do this. And so um, really, that was my first touch in real estate was in my 20s, um, which then evolved to title and escrow. And then of course, working at KW. So so hold on title and escrow too. <laughs> so house flipping club owning. Okay, tell me about the title and escrow too. I didn't I knew yeah. I something. Tell me more. So I became a recruiter for a low fee brokerage, um, really thought that they were I thought that it was great. I thought that that was my gig was kind of this low fee brokerage deal. And um, I was 2005. And I was recruiting people pretty fast. And so a title company ended up finding out about me and said, Hey, why is this person recruiting so many people over there? And they came and approached me and recruited me away. So I started working for the Fidelity family. So Tycor and did that um, until 2012 or let's see, I guess 2010. And during that time, you know, of course the market was just completely bombing. We had lost about 50% of our offices, really difficult time to be in real estate. Um, we were losing people left and right out of the business. Um, just a really sad time. So um, I sort of chased the paycheck during that time because I had two little boys. I was divorced at that time. I, you know, I was divorced um, right around that time and had two little kids that were in private school. So that's where Chris was telling that story earlier that I took this small jaunt where I worked in the oil and gas industry because that's where the money was during the downturn. So I sort of made sure I fed my kids, you know. Um, then I came back and I worked for WFG, National Title, which is here in Portland. And then of course I started um, working for Keller Williams, so. Wow. Okay. So you've done it. So what year did you join Keller Williams and did you go right as your first role in Keller Williams as a team leader? Yeah. So I started there in 2012. So it was actually Chris. Yeah. Chris Suarez and I were actually um, connected. He was one of my kind of clients. I really wished that I had his business and I would always kind of tap him on the shoulder and try to get his um, title and escrow business. And um, so Chris Suarez and I had kind of stayed intertwined and he was the person that um, I called when I heard that he had an opening. So he had just recently bought an office. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so I've been friends with Chris for a long time. So I remember when he first bought that office and so that's awesome. So you've now, so that was 2012 and we're 2018 now, so six years in the real estate, or excuse me, the KW space, um, working as a team leader, which is not, which is pretty much a thankless job, um, and it's one of the hardest jobs in real estate, in my opinion. And you've you've obviously excelled, and your resume speaks for itself. But tell me about like tell me about some of the lessons you've learned along the way, because now you've had a chance to work side by side with Chris and with Cody, two of two of the people who, in this business, I admire the most, quite frankly as business people and just as people and as friends, you've had to have learned a ton of lessons from these two dudes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Cody's a huge blessing to come into my life. In fact, I, you know, last week I was on vacation and I'm just, I have such, I have so much gratitude for the people that have given me opportunities to get to the place where I'm at right now. But um, Cody 
you know, really gave me an opportunity and really believed in me and gave me the ability to be able to run the company for him. And I would say that the one lesson that I've learned from him is that you can't grasp onto your talented people. You need to let them run the show and allow them to kind of, you know, fail forward if they need to, but also push them behind the scenes, but don't get in their way. Um, and he has been the biggest influence for me. And that is like, I just need to get out of the way. When I find a talented person, let them run with it, let them run the show. Um, that's one of the hugest pieces. The second piece I would say is that Cody knows me at such a deep level. And I really try to do that with my people as well is I know what their dreams and what their hopes are. And I make sure that they get what they need because I know I'll get what I need. That's awesome. He does definitely know you at a different level. Like I've seen him, he tracks you on his phone. He's got a little tracker. <laughs> I have a chip in my back. <laughs> I've yeah. seen him turn on the shot caller thing that he's got implanted too. Like it's yeah. Like, so uh, okay, so that's cool. So listen, so you've done a lot of different things in real estate. Is what I've heard. I've heard title. Um, you bought a building too initially for this club. That is a whole other story that we might want to take off air. And then you have now run two different Keller Williams franchise offices. But I also know that you've got a background in other things in real estate too. So you you ended up investing. You're, you're, uh, I know you're really passionate about Airbnb. Uh, and so I want to be able to talk about that today too. And you've got some other experience in the real estate world. So tell me some more. Let's, let's kind of go wherever you want to take that at this point. Yeah, I mean, you've got 25,000 thousand real estate agents that are on this channel, which I think is, first of all, phenomenal that you've attracted that many people onto this channel. And to for 25,000 people, I know that there is definitely a 90-10 rule in real estate. You know, 10% of the agents are yeah. absolutely crushing it. And 90% of the people are wondering, where the hell do I get my business? And I think that the reason why I the reason why I was excited to have this conversation with you is I'm going to go backwards just a little bit. And it's a conversation that we had off offline, which is, you know, what's my story? What's my go-to story? What do I talk about when I come out? And I, and I want to share with people kind of why I'm doing what I do. And that is, you know, I grew up really poor. I did the government cheese thing that probably a lot of people can relate to that have had struggles in their life. So of course, I've always had an ax to grind, right? Yeah, you have an ax to grind. When you lived on government cheese, you're just pissed. Little, you have a, you have a cheese. <laughs> right there, yeah. I was right there, and I never forget about it. Right, yeah. and like Cody and I kind of make the joke that um, we could go back and live in the trailer, but come hell or high water, we're not going to, right? And so that's what pushes us to continue moving forward. So um, after I got divorced, I still, of course, I've always believed in home ownership. And so I, um, oh gosh, I'm going to get into my Forrest Gump stories. So I didn't have any money to buy a house. <laughs> and so I played the stock market every morning. I would get up and like, I would would just read stories and play the stock market. And I ended up making like $7,000 in a really short amount of time with stock that was moving around. And so I took that and I used it as a down payment to buy a house for me and my kids. So when I talk to a group like this, where there's 25,000 people in there, what I want them to understand is that uh, you can be a kid that has come from nothing where you've lived on government cheese and what and you can get into your home ownership but sometimes when you get there you don't know what to do with it you know I, I just thought that it was just me raising my kids there 
I didn't realize that I could tap into some of that equity and that I could start generating another business out of what I had already been paying in because of course I'd lived there for years, right? So, um, so I bought this house from playing the stock market. I found my down payment. <laughs> I, I like to gamble. You know, I like to gamble. I told you about yeah. my Vegas trips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I bought this house and 14 years later <clears throat> of living in this house, I was like, maybe it was about 12. I was like, gosh, I'm sitting on like $200,000 in equity. What do I do with this? And that's when I really started asking a lot of people, but it took me 20 people of asking questions and conversations with people, you know, can I take you to dinner? How have you done investing? What's happened? And all of these people, I've picked little parts of the story together to figure out that I could take a small amount of money out of my house and still have a great equity position and be able to do a second home and have that be 80 miles away. And then, of course, I went down the Airbnb road, which we're going to talk about. But it it was so great. And I, w I just wish that an agent had sat me down during that time and said, I know how to help you um, become an investor because nobody really sat me down and did that. Nobody was following up with me in their database saying, this is a single mom. She's probably working paycheck to paycheck, which I was a lot of my life. And she's a person that we could we could show how to become an investor and what to do with that and how to create the second income stream or third or fourth or how many ever, you know, it's it's turned into at this point. Wow. So that's that's pretty awesome. So um, so you went and did that. And have you just done that one time or like have you done that more than once now? So I've done it twice now in two different locations. So this year I've brought in over 60,000 in income from that, from those two units, but I haven't had both of them rented out. So I took a small amount of money out of my house. And this was also while I was doing some other investing in things, right? Like we've talked about some Bitcoin, which is a crap show right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm so pissed off at cryptocurrency right now, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so I took I took my first small loan out and um, I I went and bought a second vacation home. And I had been going to this little place on the beach for a long time. I loved it there. It was a place that I definitely, like my heart was in it. And um, went down, I saw this for sale sign in the window and the place was only $170,000. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can run this entire place, including cable, heat, all of all of the things to run this little condo, including HOAs for about $1,500 a month. I can do this. And I only have to put 10% down. So I did that and I started immediately trying to figure out how can I generate income out of this. So I went down the Airbnb road. We just um, recently got featured as one of their Airbnb plus. I just had a visit from Airbnb at my location this last week. So I'll tell you about that as well. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So and Airbnb is actually signed off on my course to allow me to be an ambassador for them. So that's also another piece that we can talk about. But so I bought my first place. It started generating income. And there was also a part of me, and I'm sure a lot of people can attest to this when they're talking to their clients. It's like you rent out your first place and you start thinking like, this is my hard work. These are the things, uh, my things when I'm in here. I don't want people to stay here. And maybe you even get a little bit frustrated that you're renting out a vacation property or you're renting it out to vacationers. 
Um, so it took me a second to change that up and to really feel like, hey, I've got to get an investor mindset around this. And um, once I kind of that clicked, then I bought my second place. I'm right on the ocean. You've seen the pictures from oh, my yeah. couch. Like I can lay on the couch and stare out into the ocean. That sucks, um, by the way. What a terrible thing to so do. So bad. <laughs> so I bought this second place and I literally have been able to share the joy of that location with 144 reviews is what we have today. And um, people absolutely love it. And the income continues to fly in. So after a year of doing that, I realized that there was a lot of income here in the short term rental business and watching Airbnb getting ready to go public. I knew that there was something there that realtors needed to be able to tap back into so that they could tap into their database and be able to pull out the single moms and the, the people that have lived in their house for eight plus years. And the because right, we saw that at or that article that came out about two days ago. You know, the average homeowner is eight plus years in their home now. So, who are these people? What does the equity look like? Even though we are going into a downturn, this is when real estate's on sale. So, yeah. go find those people so that we can get them um, their second, third, fourth property and make sure that they're ready. So, now I'm sitting on, I've been what I do, by the way. Um, is I save up every ounce of money that comes in from my Airbnb actually just goes into a savings to purchase my next place. If I can't afford to pay the mortgages on what I'm earning in the JOB, um, then I wouldn't have bought it. So I knew that I, I was okay to purchase it. Everything that I save up over here is ready for my next investment. So I'm ready yep. for three, four or five more investments. Oh man, I love that. And I want to go backwards. It was a few minutes ago, but did you say $60,000 of income? Mm -hmm, this year, just this year in 2018. So yeah. 60,000. So here's what I think of too. Like I think of your story specifically and I think of um, like your avatar that you just described and like the single mom, right? And I was raised by a single mom too. And um she certain she never made sixty thousand dollars in her job ever. I know, yeah. Not even close. Like maybe half of that, in fact. And so, when I think of the impact that that could have on someone's life like that, just in and of itself, forget about the other stuff that you do. Like we could probably have a whole other episode on you gambling your way to a down payment on the first home, and and, and the nightclub. <laughs> and I know we could talk about crypto for a while. Um, but just that, that one impact right there, that jumped out to me as like, that's a huge deal. Like, I mean, that is very big and, um, I could see why you're so passionate about it now and why you feel like you've got to bring this to more people. Yeah. I mean, I think that the agents that are in your group, I've watched all their, I love these people. Like they, they definitely have their heart in it. But how impactful is it to be able to go into that database and say, I really want to change your life. I want to create millionaires out of the people that are inside my database and allowing them to become um, the greatest, you, you know, have the, the greatest security going into um, retirement or whatever it is. And a lot of these people, by the way, especially in my age group, um, I feel like a lot of people don't have retirement. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Well, of course, I didn't have retirement a couple, you know, give it a handful of years ago. Neither yeah. did I. Um, so how impactful is it for a realtor who is a trusted advisor to be able to have a conversation with their database saying, 
you know, I want to be your trusted financial advisor in the housing market. And there's some things that I've been hearing about. And oh, by the way, have you considered doing what is really the trend, which is um, really, I got the idea out of the book, The Inevitable. Um, it talks about, you know, we are going towards a subscription based world. Whether we like it or not, we're moving towards that. It's the Uber that you're chasing around. That's the self self driving Uber. It's um, you know BMWs now and short term rental cars. At Mercedes is everybody's getting into this subscription based world. We're even getting our clothes off of subscriptions, right? Yeah. And so if that's the case, why not jump onto the subscription based housing by allowing the people that are in your database to become the highest earners from that subscription base and become the owners in that. Okay, so I have something to, po to pose at you, and I, I didn't know we'd go here, but truthfully, I didn't think of it till right now when you when you when you made that point. Um, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but um, having been someone who at one point didn't have a retirement either or anything else other than the job income that was coming in, um, I feel like a lot of us in real estate are <laughs> really good at two things: we're really good at avoiding taxes, and we're and we're really good at not saving. Mm -hmm. Right. So part of me wonders if the reason why we don't go and like take this opportunity, like I think of the impact that this had, this has had on you, Leanne, and I, I think about my mom and I, I think about how if I knew my mom and I knew you and I knew your story, like I would want to run towards her and make her do this and go like maybe literally even twist her arm. Right. To, to right. do it. But I wonder how many of us aren't, doing that in our industry because we ourselves aren't in a position to do that and we feel like there's a little bit of um what's the word i'm looking for like like i don't know if it's like a not worthy thing or i'm just not being uh you know who i am uh, like i'm not being authentic because i'm not doing that myself like you know i know um as an example i bought my first commercial space uh building about a year ago I, first and only so far um though i would like more but until then, like I would never have taught, I know that I would never have talked to anybody about investing in commercial real estate until I did it myself. And I wonder if some of us do that because we don't actually invest in real estate or our retirement for even forget about real estate, our retirement period. And so I wonder about that too. I wonder like how many of us could actually take what you want to teach and bring to the masses. We could mm -hmm. actually bring it to ourselves. So the thing that I love about what you're you're talking about is exactly why I started teaching this was because a lot of the real estate agents that I came across actually didn't even own homes. So they didn't own homes. They didn't know how to pay their taxes. They didn't even know how to separate out um, their, their income to create, you know, an LLC or an S corp or whatever it was that they were doing. And all of those things were really hard for me, but it's, it's why I love doing what I do, whether it's, you know, a thankless job or not, I absolutely love it because I think that I impact them in the long run. Um, right. It's the first thing that I talk about to them is like, what are we going to do about your taxes? And how do you want me to help you get this savings going? So, so for starters, one of the things that I talk about in my Airbnb course is I actually talk about, you may have to start renting out one of your rooms to become that investor, but I want you to take that and I want you to be the greatest host you possibly can be. And I want you to take every single dollar that you're renting that room out for and get ready to buy your next property. Wow. And that's what I'm saying about these small little $170,000 units that are on the ocean that are kind of in this crappy 1980s building. And yet 
the inside of them, I'm, I've, you know, pimped them out, made them look great so that people want to hang out in there um, and pay me to stay there. But that's what I'm telling people is like, then maybe start with your first room so that you get to buy your first piece of property because you deserve it. And so I, so I get that. So start. Wow. I like that. Like, you know, I think of like, uh, like I know a lot of agents getting started and they'll go, they'll go drive Uber or Lyft or, or whatever. Right. Right. Um, make a few extra bucks. Maybe it's to make the first investment or maybe it's literally just to make ends meet. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we could actually keep on doing that and then use that money to invest right into an Airbnb. So I love the idea of going, Hey, I'll just become an Airbnb host in my house yeah. um, and rent out one room. And all of those funds will go towards my first actual, you know, independent unit, if you will. And here's something that I'll even share with you too, is that, um, is that, our realtors that are going out there and getting second, second and third jobs, why are they not getting the jobs in the housing industry? That always freaks me out. So they're going out, they're becoming these Uber drivers or they're doing something else or they're waiting tables. And that's the other thing that I'm really passionate about is like Airbnb is the housing industry. So yeah. why not be what's, so I have a co-host that runs both of my properties. I can't be there. It's three hours away. Um, her name is Samantha. She's absolutely phenomenal. And she is the biggest life support system that I have down there. She does everything from communicating to the guests, to cleaning the unit afterwards, to making sure that it's stocked and repairing anything on site that needs to be repaired. Like she's truly a co-host. I pay her 10% of any of the bookings and then I give her the cleaning fee. So the cleaning fee is paid by the guest and she she gets it. So what if our realtors, instead of running out and becoming an Uber driver, actually became a, a co-host on Airbnb and you took all your secondary income, which by the way, came from a book that I read called The Millionaire Mindset. You, you, you take this secondary income. Have you read that book? So yeah. good. Uh, who's the author? I'm, I, it's escaping me right now. He says, chop, go chop wood and save all the money from chopping wood. But I'm saying if you're in the housing industry, do everything in the housing industry, save every bit of that and then go yeah. buy a house and then go buy real estate and then go buy real estate. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So uh, that, that's such a good lesson there too. I, and I know some of our listeners and viewers are are struggling as well too and, and could really use that message. So I appreciate you sharing that because you, yes, you can you drive Uber? Is Uber easy? Yes. And maybe you need to do that too. But yeah. what if we opened our eyes and said, what else can we be doing inside of our own industry that might actually help us serve our clients and build our own business better down the road because of the education that we get from it and the fact that we're just around more people and potential clients, et cetera, potential mentors even, right? I would imagine that she sees you, your co-host probably sees you as a bit of a mentor and not just a paycheck. So she became a real estate agent. She's now she selling... And then now what she does is she talks to every single one of my guests. She's like, what are you doing here? Why are you in the city? What's happening? And they say, oh, my husband just got a job down at the, you know, whatever. And now that's her database is all of my guests. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you not adding one to two people every single day to your database by becoming a co-host of an Airbnb? If you can't afford it today, do something to get to the next place. It kind of reminds me of Gary Vaynerchuk. Like you got to grind, you know? Yeah. That, so. I I was texting with what my childhood best friend last night about the that he bought me this hat. It looks like a Dodgers hat, and it is, but it's for this like clothing brand where they have like a they did like a special deal with Major League Baseball. And he sends me this hat. He just bought me one like six months ago. We were both uh, been Dodger fans since childhood, and he sent me one. 
And last night he sent me a screenshot. They're going for like 350 to 750 bucks. And I'm like, crap, I've been wearing this thing. I've been wearing this. And I I just wrote back hashtag flip life with a Y. Um, But like literally you could go out and like, yeah, I hate the word hustle. But sometimes it's appropriate. We need to go out and hustle a little bit more. And I love your thought around, but let's do it in real estate since we're already in real estate. Yes. Like add people to your database, look for that next buyer. There are people that are coming into every single city of anybody who's on this call today. And all of those people, maybe even if it's a you know vacation rental, like mine's at the beach, maybe they're just looking for their next vacation rental, but they're, they're coming in and they want to buy or they're traveling through and then they want to become a resident or who knows. I love a lot of of Californians in here, but I was looking at the migration chart yesterday. Did you see that that came out on an email and it was like showing the the greatest cities that people are migrating to Uh, Portland's number four right now. Um, Phoenix is in there as one of them. Yeah. It's one of the top three, I think I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty much number one, but whatever. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if we are on that chart, but in my heart, uh, at any rate. Okay, cool. So I want to come back to this later. Um, but so like you like basketball too? tell me about that. Mm, I so I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a little bit bougie. I'm a little bit fancy pants. You know what? I just hope to God John Sheplack doesn't see this, this uh, podcast because John and I have this like thing going because his poor daughter, you know, keeps taking from him. By the way, if anybody ever needs coaching, John Sheplack is the bomb. John's I absolutely, man. God, he's amazing. Um, but you know, I like going to sporting events, but only if I have good seats. So I'm never, <laughs> I'm too. never going to go if I have to sit in the nosebleeds. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, I'm not enjoying myself. I just, I'm, I'm not enjoying myself. So my husband is a huge NBA fan and I, haven't had blazer tickets since I haven't had season tickets since probably 2000 prior to the downturn five maybe. And so this year things were going great. And I just felt like this was a great opportunity for me to be able to take some of my real estate agents, uh, take some of my clients in my consulting business and um, take some of my staff and just have a really good time this year and stop grinding so much and really enjoy life. And if that means that I get to go and sit in a basketball game and talk some business, it still means that I'm rooting for my home team. I'm born and raised in Portland, so I do love the Blazers. So, yeah. Despite the, your choice of teams, we're, I still like you and that's okay. <laughs> Um, how about the 2001 finals with, well, the, the conference finals? We don't have to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> when somebody handed me a tissue and told me to stop crying. Oh, man. I know how that feels, but I will I'm never. I'm like, how rude. <laughs> I remember that. So that game, as a Laker fan, that actual game, not the, not the finals after it, but that game, the conference finals, when we were down by 16 in the fourth quarter, is my fondest memory because I knew, like, it was one of They were going to make a comeback. I knew that as soon as Robert Ory hit the three in the corner to cut it to 13, I knew the game was over. And I told all my friends, this game is over. We're going to win. And it wasn't even a couple minutes later that we had the lead. And, uh, but because th- that team was so, like, Brian, Brian Grant, like, everybody on that team was so good. Anyway, we, this is not a sports podcast. We could probably talk about this for, we could, though. <laughs> for hours. Um, okay. So, okay. 
tell me about Bitcoin or how or crypto. Like, how did you get involved there? Like, what happened? Somebody said, hey, Leanne, you can make a couple bucks here. No, like, happened? so here's what happened actually is like Bitcoin actually went bonkers and everybody was like, you need to buy Bitcoin. And uh, my brother-in-law works for Apple down in um, San Francisco. And he's like, I'm buying into some Bitcoin. And I'm like, you guys are all a bunch of lemmings. You guys are idiots, like such idiots. And I was just so against the whole thing. Um, but my gambling spirit really took over. I'm a big Vegas fan. I absolutely love going to Vegas. I know. Okay. And um, I, in fact, I get comped rooms at the Cosmo for any people that want to hang out with me in Vegas. <laughs> so I have a really good time uh, down there. And so my gambling heart kind of started reading a lot of crypto currency information. I started following a bunch of guys on Twitter that were out there. Um, I just started doing a ton of research. And so I actually decided on Ethereum when I decided to do my investments, or I don't, I don't know if I call it investment or gamble. I guess gambling, I guess, right? Sure. It's the, the HODL, right? The HODL, hold on for dear life, because it's such a mess all the time. It's like up, down, your emotions are everywhere. Um, but I really started doing some some research on it and what, things that really stood out to me, and this is where it comes back to like my past history is that when I was in the oil, gas and oil industry, I worked with a couple investors out of Malta and Malta is a really interesting country and probably where gangsters stash money. Um, but Malta is just a safe haven for a lot of dollars. Like it seems that the, that Island is, is collecting that sort of stuff. So there Malta is going on cryptocurrency. So is Venezuela, I believe, was another country that's talking about moving to crypto. So when I started realizing that countries were getting involved in the crypto conversation, I realized that it's really something that we can't avoid. It's sort of like the subscription-based world that I talked about. It's just, it's something that's going to be here. So I wanted to be versed in it. I'm not saying that it's going to work out. I'm not saying that any amount of money that I've put into stupid Ethereum is ever going to give me my money back. That's not really what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in the chase of it. And when I have a little bit of skin in the game, I really pay attention to it. And so I constantly am reading on it and really trying to stay well versed in it because I don't know. I just, I think that inflation and the true definition of inflation is spending the dollar twice, right? So if we're talking about that, it's like, if, if crypto can stop our inflation, what would that do for all of our economies and country? I don't know, um, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, the rea whether Bitcoin or Ethereum or, or Ripple or any, any one specific one makes it or becomes like, you know, one of the main currencies, I, I, it's pretty clear that there's going to be a move towards that. Um, on To what level? I don't know. Like in our lifetimes, who knows how big it'll be, but it, it's very clear to me that it's going to be a part of the future and, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of the future. And people, you know, just like the stock market, you can look at a stock and the price goes up and it goes down based on stuff that actually doesn't matter. I was laughing. Yesterday was the uh, Amazon's earnings earnings call. They, they, they crushed it. Beat expectations by 20%. Nice. Stock went down by like 10% after hours and went down more today. Why do you think that is? Because the stock market makes no sense. Like, I mean, but think, I mean, seriously, think about that. They beat earnings projections by 20%. That's not a small margin. Right. Especially when you're talking about the kind of money that Amazon makes. And yet their stock value went down significantly. Right. So that tells me, so when someone says, yeah, 
okay, the price went up and it went down. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything about the viability of the product or the company for the long run. It means that the pub, the trading public right now is quite frankly, just being wishy-washy in, in, in way more technical terms, right? Which uh, we're seeing in the housing market too, right? Yeah, All of absolutely. our buyers, it's getting, it's getting wishy-washy because people absolutely. are afraid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm completely out yeah. of the stock market. I'm completely you know, out. Some of my smartest friends are as well too. They're on the sidelines, um, just sort of waiting the way I know a lot of people are in the housing market too. And I'm kind of straddling the middle right now myself. And maybe that's another conversation we have offline one of these days too. Um, but yeah, the reality is, is I think that it's, it's going somewhere. It's going to be a significant part of our future cryptocurrency. I'm not saying Bitcoin or Ethereum or Ripple. Right. Again, any one specific one is going to be the winner, so to speak. I just believe crypto itself is going to be a big part of our future. So I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So I have um, two, really two major questions left for you. And okay. okay, so the number one is you alluded to it earlier. So like you got endorsed recently by Airbnb mm -hmm. uh, or a course that you wrote and you wrote a course on essentially how to go out and do this. Can you tell us more about that? Like tell me, where could I find it? Like oh, yeah. what is the course like? Is this an in-person live training event? Is it online? Like give, give me the details. So I did do it online, uh, excuse me, I did do it in person and um, I've had, um, well, let me go backwards. So what I realized was that I had so many people calling me every single day saying, can you talk to me about Airbnb? I'm thinking about doing this with my house and pretty soon I just literally could not handle the the amount of people that were asking me the questions and I wanted to help everybody. So we started talking about in, inside my consulting business, why don't we just have our writer write a course on it and I'll just do a brain dump and make sure that I put together a really good course, but I wanted it to be a professional writer. So he put together an amazing, amazing course. Like I think he did it, uh, did it far more justice than I would have done it. Um, but it takes everybody through the actual acquisition to making sure that you're getting ready for that first day. And then how do you get those five-star reviews? And then how do you get endorsed by Airbnb, like where I'm at right now, which is just past Superhost. It's called a plus listing. And I'll talk about that in a second. But so I, so the, my very first class was actually live. And I had so many people that couldn't attend that kept asking me, are you going to put this online? Or are you going to put it online? So um, if you go to harrisconsultingsystems.com and you look under our courses, there's an online course in there. And the online course is 150 bucks. And I'm sure that Kevin will give you guys a discount code um, by the end of this. So I think there's a discount code out there somewhere. Um, and what it does is it actually does talk a little bit about if you're a real estate agent, how to teach people how to go through their first acquisition. Obviously, I can't help with the lending piece of it. But I think that, you know, they can kind of put the two and two together of how I found my first um, property that I wanted to acquire. For step one, download Robinhood, use this code. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> so is it, uh, so harrisconsultingsystems.com? Yeah. And that'll get them access to the online systems, Okay. Uh, the online class. I'm also going to be doing more live classes throughout the country because we've had a lot of people that just are interested in it. So Spokane asked me to come over. We generally get you know, if I get past 40, 45 people in a classroom, it's not very fun because it really is a, it's an interactive workshop and right. everybody has their computers out and we're literally creating a listing as we go through. So um, it, it, there's a lot of research in the class to show people how I did all my research. 
um, it's about a four to five hour class and I'm trying to get it smaller, but people have so many questions about this process. And so it, it just kind of turned into that, that big of a content. That's why the online course is a little bit more digestible because you can do it in 20 minute, 30 minute increments. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear anybody talk for four hours. I just, uh, Fred and I just got done creating a, an online course for, for kind of like launching your career. And yeah, just like this, these bite-sized chunks really is, is what you want. For you sure. Got, got kind of heavy information where there's really some work to be done too. Because sitting down for four or five, six hours at a time is just such a slog. So yeah. I really I love that. So harrisconsultingsystems.com. And of course, you guys can find Leanne. Um, her and I are connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and everywhere else. You can find her here in the group if you're inside the Next Level Agents group. Um, and so... What else should we know about this course? So I guess the, the last part about it is that because when I first started writing the course, I didn't want to get in trouble because the course is actually called Airbnb and you. So I was going to use their name inside the course. And I was like, I, I remember it was actually Brock Worthen, um, who's down in California. I freaking love Brock. And he's like, you can't use that name. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to use it. <laughs> Like, you can't use it, Leanne. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. You know, whenever I set out my mind to do something, I'm like, oh, I'm using it. So I called down there and I actually asked to speak to their attorneys. And um, we got a letter from them that said, hey, we're just happy that you're being an ambassador and that you're continuing to um, sell the Airbnb platform, which I wasn't really trying to sell the Airbnb platform. I really believe it is an opportunity. And again, I mean, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but like, if we don't get on the bandwagon of understanding that housing for, especially like I have 20 year old kids, I have a 20, 20 year old and a 21, almost 22 year old. I know. Listen, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Botox. Hashtag <laughs> exactly. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> online.com. But my kids, my, my kids in my twenties, all they want to do is stay in Airbnbs, right? So if we don't get on this bandwagon, we don't understand it, at least at a level of understanding as real estate professionals, we're missing the boat because this is a, tr this is truly something that's coming. So Airbnb signed off on it. And then I got contacted by them to become one of their featured plus properties in both my locations. So they sent in an Airbnb representative. They go through, they do a 20 point checklist, um, I became a super host, but not because I did it, but because Samantha, my my co-host, did it. She's amazing. She is right. the reason why we're here today. And when if it wasn't for her, I would I truly would not have probably this much recognition from Airbnb. Um, but they um, now came in and they certified us as a plus house. So now I'm going to be advertised nationally by them. So it should be really cool. That's pretty really awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I want to end today. Um, with one of my favorite questions by uh, actually a podcast host that uh, has impacted my life a great deal, uh, the way he ends his, his show. So he always brings on pretty awesome people on his show. And he asked, um, his name is Dave Asprey, by the way, and he says, okay, so Leanne, I want, what are your three pieces of advice for just generally kicking more ass in life? So this can cover business, it can cover personal life. I don't care what it is, tell me about if someone says, Leanne, I just want to be better. I want to do better. I want to have more and be better. What are the three pieces of advice you give that person? So don't get out of bed without reading an article because I know you all sleep next to your cell phones. Like, don't lie to me. But instead of opening up your stupid social media, get in there and get to get Flipboard downloaded on your phone and read one article in something that you're interested in moving towards. Two, 
um, meditate every morning. This is something that's really new in my life, but I believe that settling down all of the craptastic thoughts that go on in your brain every single day are so critical and making sure that you get super centered to understand like, what is your goal? What are you trying to attract in your life? What do you want next? And then three, don't ever, 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 ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something ever. Because if I can do it, I guarantee anybody can do it. And I know that that's so cliche. Like we hear that so much from people. They're like, oh, you know, don't let anybody tell you that. But I'm, I'm being so passionate and dead serious about it. There's no reason why I should be successful right now. The, the world didn't, didn't offer me a world that said, hey, you're going to be born into this success that I have today. And I truly, truly am so grateful for the people that are around me because I they didn't let me say no to opportunity and I haven't said no to opportunity. And when someone has told me no, I just keep barreling forward and I do what I want to do so that I can get to the next level, next level, next level. Next get level. it? <laughs> see what you did there. Cool. So, um, okay. Last thing before I let you go, you have a charity as well that you run. And, yes. Um, can you tell us the name of it, uh, who it impacts and how people could contribute if they were willing to go contribute? So I was the winner of Lammy, which I'm so excited about. Um, so uh, lifelineforhope.com. I think that because we're not very, we we had a at-risk person actually put the website together. So it's a little crappy website, um, but it's www.lifelineforhope.com. I think you have to type that first part in, but um, it is, uh, we wanna raise awareness for suicide prevention. And we also wanna help anybody who's been impacted by it or anybody who might have, who might be at risk for that. And what we found was that most human beings, when they got to that place, were being impacted in either food, clothing, shelter, or sense of community. And sense of community means mental health as well. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, that sense of community really was that people don't wanna be around them because their mental health was not in the right place. And so they started becoming more and more detached. So. What I did is um, put together the nonprofit so that I could start really finding a place where I could place my money to help others um, in a in a 501c3. But I found that so many other people were being impacted by this, and especially in the real estate world. So this still comes back to real estate. Everything that I do really is centered around that real estate ownership. But during the last downturn, I had P I had builders that were taking their own lives because they truly were losing everything that they had and they didn't believe that there was another way out. And that to me is unacceptable. Um, I, I have lost my brother that way. And so obviously it's a very personal thing for me, but it's also just, it's, it's in my industry. And so I have to make sure that I'm addressing that. And um, this, this really helps with that. So if you are a person that really believes in making sure that people are covered for housing, um, our charity is great for that because all you have to do is tell me that somebody is in jeopardy or they're losing their home or something's happening and I'll make sure that they're taken care of that way. So I hear a lot of people that say, I only want to give uh, money to this charity because it's about housing. So is ours. It just happens to be about mental health and suicide awareness. That's awesome. So lifelineforhope.com. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Leanne, thank you so much thank for you. coming on today and sharing with us and anybody else who would love more information for Leanne, just reach out to her directly. She's pretty accessible. She loves to take phone calls and talk about Airbnb for hours on end. So make sure you bring that up as well. And, 
Um, thanks so much for spending your time with Thank us. Thank you. We didn't have to do this, and I super. I appreciate adore it. you, and I'm gonna text you late at night forever and ever. <laughs> All these random questions, and um, if you only knew the crap that we talk about, that's so funny. Totally. Uh, <laughs> All awesome. right. Thank well, you so enjoy, much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us, and I'm sure I will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends, and for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.